0: All right, welcome back into the Nick Ba podcast. Uh, Got a a bunch of, apparently I I had a bunch of stuff on my chest that I had to to let out with this one. Uh, I I have, let me check real quick. I have 11 pages written. 11 pages written all on Nebraska football and Matt Rule's staff. Now that it is completed. I have a whole bunch of thoughts. Um, It's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster. So buckle up, take a seat. And just let me let you into my mind, okay? So Matt Rule has officially filled out his his assistant coaching staff. And I got to think, I'm like a lot of people right now, I am scratching my head at it. I, I cannot be alone in feeling that way. Matt Rule was given a $7 million pool of money to fill out his coaching staff. And let's be honest with each other. Not saying this staff is is destined to fail and they're not gonna do well. They absolutely could do well. Who the hell knows? But this is not a seven million dollar coaching staff. No way. Now, I mean, I wonder if this is like a food minimum where you have to you have to spend the money or you can keep what's left over. Like, I want to see the contract. Like is this like a Vegas pool party where you have a $5 food $5 food and beverage minimum and you have to spend that money? Or does like Matt Rule like, hey, here's $7 million. You get to pocket whatever you don't spend. Like, what 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 is this? Because I'm trying I'm trying hard to have an open mind, but it's hard to not be underwhelmed with the staff right now. Mainly, mainly who I'm talking about is the position coaches. Uh Stumanji is a good follow on Twitter, uh, at Stumanji. He, he, he usually dives into numbers, and he has numbers with, uh, with Nebraska and a variety of things, and he put together a chart on coaching experience in the Big Ten with total years coaching and then median years of coaching experience for an entire staff in the Big Ten. And when you look at both charts, Nebraska is either at the bottom or near it in both regards. Nebraska is at the bottom in median years coaching experience in the Big Ten when compared to all of the Big Ten teams. And they are second to last in total years to Rutgers coaching staff. And that is kind of the theme of this staff, young and inexperienced. So let's kind of go through this entire staff with with the latest hires. Um, Now let me preface everything with this young and inexperienced doesn't have to mean that they won't be good coaches young and inexperienced doesn't have to mean that they're going to stink. Who knows? All these position coaches could be great. I'm just saying that on paper, I'm a little uncomfortable and a little worried about this staff and a little just perplexed and scratching my head at some of the guys that, that have been hired. So let's go through it position coach. Let's start with the biggest head scratcher of them all, and that's Garrett McGuire. He has been hired as the wide receiver coach. Garrett McGuire is currently 23 years old. He turns 24 next month. So Nebraska, the University of Nebraska, will have a 24-year-old wide receiver coach. Needless to say, he doesn't have a ton of experience. Spent the last two years with the Carolina Panthers as an office, offensive assistant for both years. He is the son of Texas Tech coach uh, Joey McGuire, and Garrett McGuire played for Matt Rule at Baylor. He was a backup quarterback, played some special teams. This hire is probably the is the biggest head scratcher to me. He'll be almost the same age as some of the guys that he's coaching. He will be. He there's a chance Casey Thompson is older than he is. But he's going to be around the same age as a lot of these guys that he's coaching. And the thing I was thinking about with the wide receivers is that is a diva position group. Some of the biggest personalities on the team are wide receivers. Some of the biggest mouths to feed are wide receivers. Will he have that authoritative ability? Will he be more of a peer players coach, which can work, but it can also be tricky. I'd, I'd feel better about this one. I'd still be a little like perplexed at it, but I'd feel better about this one if he was a rock star wide receiver at Baylor or something like that. Like if he had that credibility as a player. Now, listen, I'm not saying that you you have to have played to know what you're doing as a coach. You don't. And I'm not saying that players only respect and listen to you if you played. That's not true. They don't. But it helps. And it really helps when you're young. It just does. Like, when Danny Manning told me anything when I was at Kansas my freshman and sophomore year, you better believe I listened to it. I would feel way better about this situation if Garrett McGuire, you know, if he was a first-team All-Big 12 guy a couple years ago and had a 1,000 yards receiving and all this stuff, he was a big-time wide receiver, could stand in front of that unit at 24 years old with major credibility as a player but he, he, he didn't so I'm worried now the flip side of that is you know with recruiting his age could be a benefit he'll be able to connect with players on a personal level that a you know a 50 to 60 year old coach just can't right but you wonder about his you know trust with parents with the young position coach all those kinds of things so again who knows but on paper this hire, I was like, what the f- what? 20 he's 23 as he's s- signing this contract. what? The next coach it's either Bob Wager or Bob Wagger. He's the tight ends coach and the assistant special teams coach. Bob Wagger was a Texas high school coach. He's never spent a single day coaching in college at any level. Now he's a very accomplished Texas high school coach and a very well tied in Texas high school coach. He was won over 200 games, but nevertheless zero college experience. Now I will say there are some great high school coaches out there, man. I'm talking great. And Maybe that's who this guy is. And maybe from a recruiting standpoint, he'll be super tied into all these Texas high school coaches, which certainly helps. Not because keep in mind, Matt Rule did this exact thing at Baylor. He hired a couple of Texas high school coaches, most notably Joey McGuire, who's now the Texas Tech head coach. So there is that. But the at the end of the day, Nebraska just hired a high school coach to be its tight ends coach. Like when I saw that, I mean, I get the Texas connection, all this stuff. But I saw that, I'm like, why not keep Sean Becton? He was a good recruiter. I thought the tight ends. I I thought the tight ends were one of the bright spots of of the team offensively during the Frost era. Austin Allen, Vocalack, Brewington. He landed Thomas Fedoni, who was the number one tight end in the country. He's been hurt, but he land Becton was able to land him. Why not keep him? Instead, you hire a high school coach? Now, again, maybe this guy's a rock star. Who knows? But on paper, again, little head scratching. Next coach, Rob Dvorak, linebacker's coach. 28 years old. He's only 28. Played linebacker at Temple for Rule. Spent the last two seasons as a defensive assistant with the Carolina Panthers. He's got zero power five experience. He does have a two-year stint from 2019 to 2020 as a position coach, defensive end, outside linebacker at Lehigh. So he's only got a very limited two years as a full-time position coach, and it was at Lehigh. So he's got zero power five experience as a full-time position coach. So that resume is a little light. It's a little light. Now, people may go, Nick, bro, what's the difference between Dvorak and your boy Barrett? The NickBot Podcast is powered by Runza and the cold winter months. It's officially here. And as a warm weather lover myself, the cold can kind of bum me out. But the one thing that always puts a huge smile on my face when it gets cold, temperature Tuesdays at Runza. Yes, it's that time of the year. Temperature Tuesdays are back at Runza, where every Tuesday in January and February, the 6 a.m. temperature at the coldest Runza location is the price you'll pay for an original Runza sandwich when you buy a medium fry and medium drink. Think about it. An original Runza sandwich might be 10 cents, a dime, might be a nickel, might be a quarter. Heck, might even be one penny. Just one penny. So make sure you take advantage of this incredible deal every single Tuesday at Runza where the temp at 6 a.m. in Runza land is the price you pay for an original Runza sandwich and you buy a medium fried, a medium drink. It's back, baby. Temperature Tuesdays. Runza makes it all better. Well, okay, as a. I mean, let me let me start with a couple of these. As a player, Barrett, was, Barrett Rood's one of the greatest linebackers ever at Nebraska. He's the all-time tackle leader at Nebraska. He's from Lincoln, Nebraska, born and raised. He spent eight years in the NFL as a legitimate player. He... he He brought the Nebraska connection and playing pedigree, not to mention his entire family's connection to the program. There might not be a single family that is more synonymous with Nebraska football and in particular the linebacker position than the name Rude, Tom Rude, linebacker, early 70s NFL stud John Rude remember the hit against Oklahoma in 78 that's John Rude that's Barrett's uncle Bo Rude my guy on my pod first team all big 12 linebacker drafted by the New England Patriots he was uh, so there's that he was also Barrett was with Scott Frost at Central Florida when they went undefeated and beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl so I see those as pretty big differences And so, listen again, Dvorak, he might be great, but his resume, little light. And then I'll speed through a lot of these other ones. Here, E.J. Barthol, running back, he's only 38 years old, zero, zero years, power five experience. Terrence Knighton, defensive line, 36 years old, zero power five experience, only one year as a position coach at Wagner. Evan Cooper, secondary coach, he's under 40 years old. He's got two years power five experience, both at Baylor. Sounds like he's a film junkie, good at finding diamonds in the rough, so there's that. There's then Donovan Raiola, offensive line, coach we know about him uh resume is pretty light one year power five experience last year at nebraska he's got only one year as a full-time position coach so there you go those are the position coaches those are the those are your 2023 2024 university of nebraska football program position coaches and i can't help but just kind of be like what am I missing here? Like, I'm just, I'm I'm going through. I'm like, what? $7 million pool, and th- this is Nebraska. Like, somewhat scratched my head. Then there are the coordinators. Now, the coordinators, I'm not as, you know, scratching my head as me. Ed Foley, special teams coach. He does have zero power five experience, but he's 55 years old. He's been around the block. Nah, but at least he's got some experience. 55 years old. Marcus Satterfield, um... Two years, Power 5, Baylor, South Carolina. Only one year as an offensive coordinator last year at at South Carolina. Was a pretty impressive year for for South Carolina, but still fairly light. One year, offensive coordinator at the Power 5 level. Then there's Tony White from Syracuse, defensive coordinator. He's got four years experience as a defensive coordinator at the Power 5 level. One year at Arizona State, three at Syracuse. So that's better. Four years, coordinator, Power 5 level. That's more like it. So overall, I can't help but scratch my head a little bit. And I can't help but feel a little underwhelmed. Okay, Texas high school coach as tight ends coach, 24-year-old wide receiver coach, 28-year-old linebacker coach, defensive and offensive line coaches combined to have one year of Power 5 experience. The running backs coach has zero Power 5 experience. Overall, only one year of experience in the Big Ten, and that is Donovan Raiola's one year last year. So, man, I'm I'm trying to be open-minded about this. And listen, we have no choice but to but to give this a chance, right? And I'm certainly, that is what I'm going to do. But I'm just being real. I'm just, like, I'm more just kind of, like, venting to you guys here. Like, on paper, right now, in the moment, I'm like, what? You know, you hear that Matt Rule is going to have a pool of $7 million to go hire a staff, and you kind of conjure up what that might look like. And, boy, I tell you, what I envisioned and what has happened are two very different things. Things I was I was hoping for an experienced staff, power five experience, a staff that even had some experience in the Big Ten. And the complete opposite has happened. They've gone they've gone young rule has gone young and inexperienced. And it's hard because I do I do I am one of those guys. I think the Big 10 I think it's different man. I think the Big 10 is the best coaching conference in the country. I think it's a unique league. I think experience matters. We've seen that over the last handful of years. 15 years at Nebraska, how much your staff matters. And so, as I as I kind of laid all that out and I was thinking about it and I was like it, Here here's the thing. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about, like, we all think we are objective. We we all think we are 100% call it like we see it, no bias at all. I'm objective. No, we're not. I'm not, you're not, we're not. On some level, we're not. Because right now, if you're defending this staff on paper from rule, you're like, I love this. This is great. There's a chance that you are likely the same person who criticized Frost for his staff in terms of a lack of experience. And criticized Bo staff as well. Oh, my God. Hired the golf coach to be the wide receivers coach. Because that's what's hard. What's hard right now, as I sit here and and, th- and look at all this stuff, I heard the same complaints about Frost staff for five years. Not enough experience, not enough Power 5 experience, not enough Big Ten experience. What the heck? This is Nebraska for crying out loud. So it's. I guess it's hard to sit here and hear that for five years and not look at this rule staff and think, well, this is this is the same thing in some ways. But, I mean, in some ways, like, I think there are two differences when you compare Rule staff to, to frost staff when he first got here. There are two differences I see, one to the good to Frost and one to the good for Rule, and the Rule one is enormous. But one of the differences with the Frost staff was this entire staff had been together for three years at Central Florida. They had just gone undefeated, undefeated, and knocked off Auburn in the Peach Bowl to go 13-0. and You can poo-poo that all you want now because of hindsight, but that was a real thing. That isn't the case with Matt Rule's staff. It's not like they have been together for years and well-oiled machine and they had just gone undefeated and won a bunch. That's not the case. It's not like this This staff is fresh off going undefeated and been together for, for many seasons having success prior to their arrival at Lincoln. So there's that. But the one saving grace to all of this, the one difference to all of this, the big key to making me feel better about this entire situation in this staff is the fact that Matt rule has had success at the power five level as a head coach. That matters. It's pretty weird when you think back to everything post Frank Solich, Bill Callahan, zero college experience, Bo Polini never been a head coach. Mike Riley, Power 5 experience, but he was just a bad fit, right? Scott Frost, zero Power 5 head coaching experience. And then there's Matt Rule, who's been a Power 5 head coach and a successful one. And I think that matters. That gives me some comfort to this situation. So we'll see. I hate to kind of have to take my first... This is my first take criticizing Matt Rule. I really I wanted this honeymoon period to last a little longer. It's like me and Matt Rule. We just checked into the honeymoon suite and we're arguing about dinner or something like that. I'm like, oh come on, what are you doing? We're on our honeymoon. I mean, I guess like here's the. I'm not fully criticizing him. I'm just concerned and underwhelmed with the staff. Can I say that without being like, oh you Husker hater? You just don't like Matt Rule. No, I got I not no just concerned and underwhelmed with the staff and just scratching my head a bit. I'm like, what? what? And the staff might be great. Who knows? But we've seen how important staffs are. It matters. And when you have a $7 million pool of money to go hire a staff, this just isn't a $7 million staff. I mean, most of these guys, let's be honest, most of these guys wouldn't have gotten hired by any other Power 5 school. Some might not even have gotten an FCF spot. This is this is like someone handed Matt Rule 500 bucks to go to Ruth Chris Steakhouse and he got a basket of fries and a Pepsi. It's like, dude, you're at Ruth Chris. You got 500 bucks. Get the tomahawk ribeye. Get the seafood tower. Get the bottle of Opus One. Get the cheesecake. It's, just, it's a little head-scratching. And a little concerning on some level. This staff might be awesome. We'll see. But for now, I'm not going to bullshit you guys. I'm a little underwhelmed, and I can't. I can't imagine on the other side of this pod, whoever's listening to this, is sitting there going, "What is Nick talking about?" What? W- There's one other thought I had with this, with this staff. As I was, as I was, kind of scratching my head looking at these hires and then looking at the totality of the staff. And I was, I was trying to, you know, crawl into the mind of Matt rule as to what his thought process was. I I arrived at this sometimes, sometimes oversimplifying is not the way to go. And sometimes it is in, in trying to understand something. Let me first do this. And and this is my attempt to understand what Rule is thinking. I think Matt Rule was planning on hiring Mickey Joseph. I think he was planning on retaining Mickey Joseph. And then we all know what unfolded with the domestic violence arrest. And ended up with Garrett McGuire as the wide receivers coach. And who knows who turned down the job before he arrived at at Garrett McGuire. We we don't know that. I think Matt Rule hired this Texas high school coach, Bob Wager, Wager, as a way to really stay locked into Texas high school recruiting. I think Matt Rule hired Donovan Riola as the offensive line coach because he thinks that will land him, Dylan Riola, the number one quarterback in the country in the class of 2024. Marcus Satterfield, he's got history with. Tony White, he's got a pretty good resume, and I think he fits with Matt Rule's creativity with how he wants to do things. Then a lot of these other guys either played for Rule at Temple or Baylor or connected to him in a way that he knows these guys are going to be loyal as hell to him. So when you kind of oversimplify it and kind of put it how I just put it, you kind of go, okay, I, I, I can see that, I guess. But I, I also was, was thinking about this I remember when the Schick and Nick show, Matt Schick, Nick Baugh, was ending on 1620 of The Zone in 2012. 2012, the Schick and Nick show was coming to an end, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do next. I had, had an, I had an offer from 1620 to do the morning show with Jason Peter. Uh, it was going to be black and blue in the morning, black shirt, blue jay. It was going to be me and jay, and Jason Peter. I uh, wasn't sure about that situation. I didn't like how, how everything unfolded. And ended at 1620 in that moment uh there was also the Creighton basketball um radio rights were at 590 I wanted to make sure I was where that was going I wasn't sure what I was going to do but one of the my college basketball tv stuff hadn't taken off like I was still just doing like some Creighton radio doing a couple games on NET and TV. I wasn't getting any opportunities to grow I wasn't sure if I really loved sports talk radio 10 years ago and so I didn't know what to do, so I called Greg McDermott and I asked if we could, I wanted to talk. And so Greg McDermott and I, we met at Village Point in Omaha, 180th and Dodge. And there was a chain restaurant there right by the movie theater called Cheeseburger in Paradise. It's no longer there. But but Greg McDermott and I met at about 4 o'clock at Cheeseburger in Paradise. Had a couple cocktails and got to talking. And I wanted to pick his brain about me getting into coaching. And we had a really good long talk. And Coach McDermott gave me some great advice on a variety of levels about, hey, man, you got to having to move around the country, be mobile, being away from family because of recruiting and other duties and all those things. And, and he was very honest about the college basketball coaching world as you're trying to work your way up. And I appreciated his honesty. And one of the deterrents for me was I didn't want to move around and 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 I, I hadn't I didn't I, I was just I, I think I was engaged I was just about to get engaged to Kim we weren't had, didn't have any kids yet I knew I wanted to have a a future family and I want to move them around so for me getting getting into coaching was just it, when I looked at all that I was like I don't know about that but there was also one of the things he said in that conversation at Cheeseburger in Paradise ten, ten years ago with Greg McDermott that he said to me that that stuck with me in the moment. And I'm paraphrasing here. Coach McDermott said, You know what, Nick Man, there are a lot of guys who can draw up a good out of bounds play. There are a lot of assistant coaches that can do that, or the assistant coaches that got a good set against a two three zone, or or a lot of assistant coaches that have a good idea on how to defend a, a double high ball screen. But what a lot of head coaches are looking for in an assistant is simply, can you get me players? Can you get me good players? And he said that and that really stuck with me. Because sometimes we think of coaching. Like when I thought of myself as like, how am I getting into coaching and I'm gonna be, oh man, I'm gonna be such I know a lot of good ideas on how to attack a zone, and I have a lot of good ideas on on how to you, how to free up your, your big man if they're getting double teamed or like that that's not like the head coach has got that, man. A lot of head coach, They got that. I always, that stuck with me because I always viewed myself as someone that was, that I know X's and O's. I know I would help a staff with my ability to connect with players and, and have ideas offensively and defensively and all that stuff. And while that, that ability, all that matters. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. And that's not what Greg McDermott was saying either. But what really matters, when you're making your, up, your way up as an assistant coach, can you recruit? Can you get the head coach players? Are you going to bust your ass on the recruiting trail going, scouring everywhere, making a million phone calls, talking to a lot of different people to land a good player? That's it. I think a lot of head coaches out there, basketball or football, think with their staff, just go get me players, go get me ballers, get me some good players, I'll coach them up, we'll win. But I need players, go get me some players. Which brings me back to Matt Rule. I wonder, as I was looking at, at rule staff and then I thought of that conversation with Greg McDermott at Cheeseburger in Paradise 10 years ago. I wonder if Matt Rule is viewing his staff with that school of thought in mind. Think about it. Younger people, they typically have more free time. Because they some of them aren't married, some of them don't have kids. So, you know, the older you get, the more you just get pulled in different directions. Younger people typically have more time and more energy. And if recruiting, if nothing else, takes time and energy. I know for me, I think about me and my life situation at 28 compared to 38, it's vastly different. I'm now married, I got three kids. I probably got less energy than I did when I was 28 years old. Now, I will say this. I think I'm way smarter and light years better at my job today than when I was 28. But the one thing that has changed for me is my time, My I have a family, and my energy. With a wife and kids and a family, I'm pulled away from my job quite a bit. And because of that, and just being older, I don't have as much energy as I used to. Don't have as much time to go do things as I used to. So with all that being said, I wonder if Matt Rule is thinking to himself, you know what I'm going to do, man? I'm going to hire two great coordinators that I really think are the real deal. I know what I can do. I'm Matt Rule. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go hire a bunch of young position coaches who are going to spend the vast majority of their time recruiting Knocking knocking on doors, pounding the pavement, trying to get me players. And then me and the coordinators, we're going to coach the players up. I wonder if that's, that is Matt Rule's school of thought here. Younger coaches, coaches that are 25, 30, 35 years old, they have more free time, they have more energy, and likely can connect with younger players because they're closer in age. So I'm, I, maybe Rule is thinking I'm going to flood my staff with young, energetic coaches who are going to spend the vast majority of their time recruiting, phone calls, texting, social media, traveling, rental cars, flights, hotels, visits, this high school, that high school, that JUCO, talking to that coach, that uncle, that grandpa, that grandma, that aunt, that cousin, trying to recruit, 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 recruit. Because a big part of recruiting is how much time and energy and effort you are willing to spend. How much time, energy, and effort are you willing to spend to find a player or to really, really sweep that player off his feet? Constant communication, traveling to see them whenever it's possible. Kids love attention these days. And you can roll your eyes at it all you all you want, but you better give it to him. So I think Matt Rule may be thinking hire a bunch of young coaches, have them recruit twenty four seven. Then you know then Rule, Tony White, Marcus Satterfield will coach them up. Plus Matt Rule is a head coach who actually coaches. Like I'm Matt Rule seems like the kind of guy that is going to have his hands in almost everything. Like, he's coached both sides of the football, he's called plays, he's coached the O-line, on and on and on. So he'll be able to jump into the trenches with players and help position coaches out in practices, in film rooms, in meetings, in different things. So in my effort to try to understand what Matt Rule is thinking, maybe there's a little bit of that too. Young dudes just sell out to recruiting all the time. They have more time. They have more energy. They have an easier time connecting with younger players, with younger people. They bring they bring players, rule and coordinators, coach them up. Plus, I also think there is a real thing with loyalty with these young coaches, too. We all remember the person that gave us a chance. Think right now in your life. Think about your career. There's someone at some point gave you a chance. Any, it doesn't matter. Any field, any business, any job, any somebody gave you a chance. And let's be real, you're probably fiercely loyal to that person. I know I am. I think about Fox. There's a guy named Brad Zagger. He's now like president of Fox. He's going to run the company at some point. But Brad Zagger gave me a shot. Brad Zegger needs anything. I'm gonna bust my ass for Brad Zegger. Same thing in these. Co- these all are these. These Garrett McGuire, Devorchek, all these guys. Like these young dudes. These guys hungry for. Now they got. They got. They they the, They got a job at Nebraska. They got a shot at Nebraska in the Big Ten to be a position coach because of Matt Rule. And a lot of these guys also played for Matt Rule. So there's that kind of connection too. You combine all of that, listen, man, coaches are just people. Like I said, think about someone you've known a long time. That, think about that person that gave you an amazing opportunity. Maybe you wouldn't have not necessarily gotten You're probably going to go the extra mile for them. You're going to make hard that he doesn't have to. You don't let that person down. So there is that too. I don't know. In my attempt to understand this wildly underwhelming young and inexperienced staff, I've had to think about a lot of things like a conversation with Greg McDermott at Cheeseburger in Paradise to try to wrap my head around it. So there you go. 11 pages later, about 30 minutes later, that's what's in my brain right now with regards to the staff. Here's what you guys think, man. In the words of my man Jay-Z, this is Food for Thought. You do the dishes. A Heard at Sports Network production.